Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through Friday on the Athletic Podcast Network. Doncic gets in the paint, floats it into Porzingis, knocked out of his hand, saved to Kleba. Kleba back out, Doncic, three-pointer, bang! Luka Doncic from downtown, and the lead is seven with 43 seconds remaining. Bruh. New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? Dang! With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writers. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. Joining me today, Trevon Edwards, Wozni Lambray, the birthday king. We got Dave DeFore. We got Jay King, an actual other king. And today we've got all cut. We got a Durant COVID fiasco. Players hate the All Star Game idea. We got a trade for the Knicks, and we got a Luca Steph showdown from Saturday night. But guys, we're gonna start out with this Kevin Durant COVID fiasco from Friday night. And it kind of feeds into a really bad PR week for the NBA, right? Like a really, really bad one. We had courtside Karen with LeBron in Atlanta. And then we had the all-star game <laughs> announcement. Um, How'd you say that with a straight face? It's really hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard. Um, we had the all-star game announcement of the Players Association and the NBA Green that March 7th, we're going to have an all-star game. Then we had LeBron coming out and saying, yo, this is a slap in the face. Like, they told us we weren't going to have it. I thought I was going to have the time off. This this sucks. Like, I'm going to be there physically, but not mentally. Giannis echoed those, those sentiments. Even De'Aaron Fox called the idea stupid to have the all-star game. Uh, James Harden had these comments after Friday night's Nets loss about the all-star game maybe isn't a good idea. I think Joe Harris said it as well. Also, um, odd that he, I don't think he needs to comment on the all-star game. But um, but this is coming from a bad week that was capped off by Kevin Durant due to contact tracing, not allowed to start the game. Then they say, hey, get out there and be somebody, K- KD. Get in the game. He plays like what, like 19 minutes? And then they say, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That contact tracing, we got some results. You got to get out of here. You've got, you've got exposure to it. Um, and it turns out that he was riding around three different times during the day with a team employee, both not wearing masks, apparently. And now this person <laughs> has tested positive for COVID. And so was like from a PR standpoint, without anybody getting a health consequence that is bad from this. Could this have gone any worse for the NBA this week? Because it, it does feel like all the lumps that MLB took, all the lumps that the NFL and college football took, they're now falling on the NBA because by the way, this shit is hard to execute with travel during a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny that the guy, the team employee um, tested positive for COVID. It's not funny. It's just, obviously it's 
serious situation. People are dying from this virus, right? But at the same time, like, KD's playing half a game. Then they're deciding in the middle of it to take him out. It's like, what are we doing here, right? Um, And like you mentioned, with MLB, with college football, with the NFL, like, they did take their lumps, right? But I feel like because at that point so much was happening with the pandemic, I think people kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt, like, all right, this is just what it's going to be. Um, and the NBA, having come off of the bubble where they had no issues to be dealing with this, I think that's why it's drawing more attention to it. It's like you did this correctly already. We watched you do it the right way. And now we're watching you guys <laughs> go up in flames. It's it's tough. It's tough if you're Adam Silver right now. <laughs> you know, it could have been a great week for him. You know, we had a really good, they had no new positive tests this week. That should have been a, a really good story for them. And yet they ruined it, you know, convenient. because of money, right? They they ruined it with the all-star announcement. That is convenient. That's, that's a good point. But no new COVID positive tests. And we're taking that at face value. That's great news. That means that they actually uh, are, are getting things under control. But then they, again, ruined it from a public relations standpoint, because everybody thinks your all-star game is stupid. It's, I mean, it's an exhibition that is a luxury under normal circumstances, given how, you know, the risk of injury and these guys not getting the time off and all of these other things, like it's already a luxury. And now in a time where the entire league depends on these guys, you know, getting, getting, not getting COVID, right? Like keeping the season going. You're going to bring in dudes from every single team to one place and potentially create this super, a super spreader event. An open city, Dave. They're going to be at Magic City eating those wings. And all of a sudden the league is going to have to shut down for six weeks. And and it's just, (laughs) I'm sorry, man. It's just fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. Oh, it's so frustrating. You know, it's no, just it, frustrating. But, but also, dear like, NBA, like, dear NBA, please cancel this all-star Grow game up. Yo, it's man, irresponsible. Listen, listen, listen. Let me get this PTA off real quick. PSA, sorry. Dear NBA, please cancel this all-star game in Atlanta. It's irresponsible. And the party center around it would put large portions, especially in the black community, directly in contact with COVID-19. So, if you care about black people, if you care about all people, first of all, and the athletes that are in this organization do not have the all-star game in Atlanta. Thank you. What is, so this is obviously, look, the, the reason this is happening is I don't know how much money Turner makes from all-star weekend ad oh, revenue yeah. and everything. Right. But like, that's the reason it's happening. It's the reason Christmas day happened. Right. 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 Is because ESPN, the major TV partner, along with TNT, like ESPN owns Christmas day. You're yeah. not going to give up that ad revenue. TNT owns all-star weekend. They're not going to give up that ad revenue. Um, or as much of it as, as they can possibly save. So that's the reason this is happening. Mm-hmm. If they were to move it away from Atlanta, if they were to move it to a more, secure location, maybe set up a mini <laughs> bubble or whatever. Like Jay, do you think this would be more well received or is this an Atlanta thing? Is this a pandemic thing? Like what, what do you think is going on here? It's just every bringing all the teams together. 
players from all the teams together is why this is looked at as such a stupid idea. I mean, when you think about it, each team has 72 games. That's thousands of games this year. This is just adding one game to that. The problem is that you're bringing everybody together. And it doesn't matter where that is. It could be in Atlanta. It could be in Antarctica. It could be wherever. Like, just in this time, bringing everybody together and then sending them off their separate ways to their separate teams where they could then become spreaders in a a bigger sense. That's the problem with it. Um, I mean, I think it's just so tough to navigate in a pandemic. But there are some situations where it's like, why would you even consider an all-star game? Why? We get four Charlotte Hornets, Orlando Magic games a year. Do we really need any other exhibitions? <laughs> and I, I think LeBron's, <laughs> LeBron's criticism spoke volumes because he's always been a guy that has said, I don't want to load manage because I know fans are there to watch me. Every All-Star game, he goes and he puts on a show and, and he's, he's all for it because he knows how much it means to the fans and how much it means to the game. For him to say, I'll be there physically – but I won't be there mentally. That is a huge, a, huge a fan critique game with no from fans. The most important player in the game. So let me just say this: Well, Atlanta's um, going to have fans there. Like as, I know, <laughs> as the you know sort of NBA <laughs> logic. Yeah, Atlanta was where Courtside Karen was. Seventy-two games. This is one other game. Yes, like. In the context of 72 games that everybody's playing, these guys are going and playing one game. I get why they're like, what's the big deal? From a Turner standpoint, from a league standpoint, from a business partnership standpoint, I get that part of it, right? Like, we're already playing. (laughs) So... Go play again and get me this money. I I understand it. Like, I obviously agree with everything you guys are saying. It's not the smartest or safest or <laughs> it doesn't look good. No. It's, it, you know, it's like the trifecta there. But I understand why they're doing it because it's like we're already chasing these bags. We're going to chase this one, too. You know, it's it's sad. It's unfortunate, but that's what that's what it is. Yeah, I, I, all star games can be weird without fans, man. Like regular games are weird without fans, but God, I feel guys. like the fans are the only thing that makes an all star game. Like I hate the all star game in the first place. I think the all star game is so dumb. I, I wish it was competitive. And last year's was actually fun because guys actually cared a little bit with the Elam ending. But without fans, like that whole spectacle is just going to feel yeah. a lot less. Guys, they're going to have fans. It's Atlanta. They're going to have fans in the stand. They just allowed someone courtside. I guess that's and true. They, and, and this person was yelling at LeBron James without a But mask. there won't be many. There won't be many, right. It's going to be more, it's going to be emptier than we would normally Kevin see. Kevin Hart's going to be there. Kevin right? Hart will 100% be there. Will they uh, let him sit courtside? I don't know. Because <laughs> he talks so much, he might end up being at risk of, of spreading everything. But uh, there are going to be fans there. Um, I think... I do I do wonder look this is the first time like LeBron's come out 
and said things before of like, I'm only playing for the, like, like a year ago, right? We were kicking around the idea of like, hey, they may have games without fans. And everyone's like, what? That's crazy. Now look at us, right? A year later. Right. But um, he came out and said, hey, I'm not playing if there aren't fans in the stands. Like, I've come here to play for the fans. That's why I play, or whatever, right? He's come out and spoken out and taken hard stances before, but it's always been kind of riding with where the money is for the league, where the money is for him. This is the first time where he's come out and been like, nah, this sucks. Like, this is a slap in the face. This is bullshit. And now I I think he's still going to go. It sounds like he's still going to go. And I think as you get closer to the event, as you get the bright lights, as you get those moments, I think he'll buy in. I think Giannis will buy in. Giannis you know, came out and said, we're following him. Um, this doesn't seem necessary. James Harden said, this is a bad idea. Why are we even having this? Um, I, think, I think if he buys in, everyone else will buy in. I do wonder, Trey, do you think there will be players who opt out for non-injury reasons absolutely absolutely you know i I think it it becomes a bigger issue um the crazy thing is it just shows how much miscommunication is there and 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 what needs to be patched up in the next weeks moving forward but um yeah i think there's going to be guys that's opting out and then also we're gonna get those strange replacement all-stars that you know maybe mike conley does get in maybe um, so you saying they're going to treat it like the Pro Bowl? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty when much. People get selected and just straight up don't show up. Yo, 100% yeah. Taysom Hill will be in the NBA All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. But yeah, no. I mean, at this point, you know, you got, uh, as they say, the big dog not rolling with it. And then you got other guys that aren't even, might not even be All-Stars saying is dumb, giving their two cents. I mean... I could see a heel turn on this situation, but you know, the same way players are risking their lives every, every day suiting up to play. It is what it is. You know what I mean? It's all about money and they should know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. every time, even the frustration is it, we, they knew it was going to be a gamble. And, and if you like to get paid, then this is what it's going to be. So I think that we'll still get our all-star game, but I think it's dumb. I, I wonder but, how much of this from the player's perspective is not just COVID related and not just safety related and them just reacting from a manner of they didn't think the all-star game was going to be played. There were, there was talk yeah, that the all-star you know game James wasn't going to be was played booked for the Bahamas. Already. Yeah. And, and like, you have, you expect five <laughs> days off or a week off from work. And now you're getting told, okay, you're going to have to go to work. I'd be pissed. But Jay, they make millions of dollars to I, play a I'd game. I'd be pissed. And, and in LeBron's <laughs> case, in the case of a lot of the best players in the league, they only had a two-month offseason. They didn't have as nearly as much time to spend with their families as usual after being in the bubble for, for months away from families. And so it, this has just been a tough, tough stretch for players from a personal standpoint, I know it's been a tough stretch for everybody in the world and everybody has had to adapt, but getting told you get seven days off and expecting to go home and or go on vacation or see people you love and then being told, nah, 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 we're going to Atlanta and you're risking your life for a little more money. That That's tough to swallow. Yeah. And I, I think even like the comments from Giannis, like, right, like he said, I want to see my family. Right. Like that. I mean, and granted, he had extra time off because uh, only a few geniuses saw that he was going to lose to the heat. Jay, I don't know if you remember that, but, um, <laughs> but you know, that notwithstanding, uh, there, you know, like guys, look, you get to see your family a little bit. It sounds like, 
but it's not like, yo, I get seven days with my kid. Right. Like there is, there is that, there is that very human aspect of it where whether they wanted to go to the Bahamas or they wanted to be with their family or be with their family in the Bahamas or whatever. Right. Or just unplug and just, you know, try to get your head around it. Yes. They get paid a million dollars. Yes. They get, they have, you know, incredible wealth, but at the same time, everything's relative. And regardless of, of what you make, you're going to have different pressures, but there is still this very real thing of like, I need to be able to process everything that's going on. And that's very like in, in the moment was, I think you see them, you know, being able to block out a lot cause you got to focus on the game and everything. But if in, in any walk of life right now, there is a certain point where your mental health, regardless of your situation, like that's something you have to be aware of throughout this, this past year. Yeah, it's, it is important. And I, but I think, you know, I think what the league is banking on is that these guys are gamers. And I think they kind of proved it in the bubble that when they need to, they can summon the will to make it happen, right? Even under adverse circumstances, they can figure out how to make the all-star game something worth looking at. So they're kicking and screaming right now. But I think the league and the and and Turner is just counting on these guys one level of professionalism and two just love for what they do. So they might be sulking now, but they're gonna get out there and make it right. So it I is mean, what it is, man. I mean, like you let's know. take the take the <laughs> pandemic part of this out of it. Like take the public health and safety part of it out of it, and just think about the players' health and safety. This is the most condensed season they've ever had. We already know how much more this contributes to injuries. And now you're going to take these guys who, you know, I mean, I think Utah, they had 37 games scheduled in the first 71 days of the season. Uh, well, you know, Donovan Mitchell, hey, go go fly to Atlanta, hang out, play this extra game. That means nothing. It's silly. It's just silly. Yeah, I mean, it's well. All right. So back back to the Kevin Durant. Friday night fiasco um, tie into this. Dave, you, you've talked with a lot of experts on on health experts on on Nerder She wrote, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so I'm curious. Like I I've, I've been happy with the fact that the NBA has come out often throughout this, I guess, experiment or execution or whatever you want to call it of the season. And they've been kind of changing things on the fly, right? Like uh, this this is look. There's a surge here, so we've got to lockdown protocols here, here, and here, right? Like they've Mm -hmm. tried to like move the goalposts in a good way to figure out what works best um, for keeping players relatively healthy. And then Friday night happens and they use, well, with an abundance of caution, right? Right. Like we do. And it was that phrasing. I think people were already confused and upset at what was happening with Kevin Durant and how he was treated and how he was allowed to play and then not play and everything. And I'm very confused by that. But when you then come out and say with an abundance of caution, Mm-hmm. That's like that's you know that's me saying no I didn't steal your shoes by the way I'm wearing your shoes right, right? like right. like no like um like an this abundance is, of caution is he never gets into the game right right yeah that's, I mean an abundance of caution is we don't have a season that's an yeah. abundance of well, caution right, right? Yeah. like yeah we're gonna yeah, you're right like he doesn't get into the game and so yes they're moving this stuff around but then you come out and use a poor word choice to mm-hmm. describe the situation. I think like I don't know if you could actually admit to this if you're the league, but I think it would have been better if they had come out and just like, 
yeah, we got this one wrong. I mean, I agree with you, but I, I respect when people admit their mistakes and, right. um, you know, uh, corporations aren't really well known for that. Uh, they'd rather pay a bunch of money later, usually. Right. Uh, all the people that I've talked to in the last few months uh, about what the NBA is doing now, and we haven't had any of them on the pod because it's it's kind of a tough spot. Almost everybody thinks the NBA is blowing it. The health and safety protocols, they look good in theory, but the practice, as we've seen, has been poor. And I, I would say the Kevin Durant situation is incredibly unique because he is still registering antibodies. And so there's a there's an aspect of this that feels a lot like theater, but I completely understand having a blanket policy that just covers everyone. I think that I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And this is, you know, as a layman, I'm just looking in. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that Kevin Durant's unique circumstances, still producing antibodies, is part of why there was so much confusion going into that game. Now, I don't think that they'll ever tell us. But again, if I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, I think that that's got to be part of it because realistically, he should have been able to play if he's registering antibodies. You're not worried about him in theory. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you. Like, I'm okay. But if they had said like, yo, no, we're going to use an abundance of caution. You can't play tonight. And he's like, what the hell? I'm registering antibodies. You said that like. I would respect them saying, no, we just got to do this to make yep. sure. We're sorry you're frustrated, uh, but we just got to make sure. But the you can't start the game. Hey, get, you get in there. Hey, you got to get out of here. What are you doing well, on the court? This isn't like, the first time it's happened. Right. That's the thing. How does right. it happen? I, I guess I can understand it happened one time. Oops. How does it happen more than once? That's yeah. the thing that I cannot wrap my head around. Like, it seems like a lot of money to be on the line to be sorting things out on the fly. And, and certainly you're going to run into problems that you didn't plan for. But this seems, I mean, all of this seems like predictable stuff to me. Yeah. I mean, Trey, how do you think, like, I know obviously their comments were very public and very, um, you know, <laughs> very against what the NBA had decided and done. But the Nets team as a whole this not only affected them in that game. I mean, Steve Nash came out and said, like, yeah, I was a little distracted by this whole Kevin Durant situation in game, right? Like, I, I don't know that I was as focused as I should have been in coaching them. They they lose a tough one and then they come out and now he's not available until Friday due to the due to the protocol. And, you know, they lose another game like they, they've got guys in and out of the lineup here um, that maybe they were expecting to have. Like, how do you think the Nets are with a, a couple of days of breathing room looking at this entire situation? Uh, I think they just need to better assess. I mean, it was such so much uh, on the fly frustration, especially from James Harden, and then you got guys like even Joe Harris and you know Jeff Green. Everybody just sounded off because it was just kind of like you know James Harden was like, okay, we got Kevin, cool. No, we don't have Kevin, cool. Okay, wait, he's on the bench. Okay, wait, they're pulling on the third, and it was just like, what are we doing? I was just with him every day. You know what I mean? Like. Are we not supposed to play? How are we able to play and he's not able to play? You know what I mean? Like in those situations, and it, you know, obviously the same thing with, with Nash is like, you know, no one, it's, it's too much uncertainty. And I understand, you know, the frustration that's going on from there and then having to go, especially when they st- want to stay in like the top three of, in the Eastern Conference, you know what I mean? And, and you have to drop games because of contact tracing and that messes up chemistry too or a flow that you're trying to go. So I think this is also a difficult year. You know what I mean? It's probably going to be the most difficult for a lot of teams that are losing players. I think the only one that has it pretty much locked down is the Lakers. They got like a system figured out where 
nothing's really going on over there. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm not sure what, what, what's going what's happening here in New York, but it, it seems like it's an ever, uh, ever, everlasting problem right now in the situation of fluctuation of, uh, contact, you know, tracing. Yeah. I've, I, oddly enough, I think, I think the Lakers, Clippers and jazz have been the teams least affected by health and safety protocols. I could be wrong on that, but I think, I think so. And they might be the three best teams I've got in the a league. conspiracy theory Uh-oh. about that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime time sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games call 1-800-DIRECT-TV Claim based on total games carried on sports networks sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package terms or restrictions apply Get the cons- conspiracy music, I, I, Jade. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers have been vaccinated. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I'd be surprised. Wow. And just didn't say anything about it. I need explosions. I need sirens, <laughs> Jade. Like, oh my goodness. Like, because it doesn't make sense that they would just have nothing. Look, they, they could isolate As people easily who live here in Los Angeles. Yeah, one in three testing right now are are positive. Okay, in LA. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so they just straight up haven't had one thing happen, or a lot of those guys have already had it. I mean, we are a year into this. Sure. At this point, maybe sure. sure. Yeah. Like, sure, it, the Lakers sure. could potentially, you know, somebody somebody said to me, Dave, yesterday was like, "Well, it's a team full of family men." <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. how that works. Yeah. Oh, that's how it works, right? Cool. I said, I said I. I've always said Kyle Kuzma seems like just a family it man. Is a, well, hold on, though. It is, it is an older team, right? It is an older team. That is a good point, right? Um, and, and I and we do know a few of those guys have had it. So, I mean, I don't know. No, We're no, a year I, in. I, I, I do. No, I, I would say. That's a ridiculous theory. I would I would say I doubt they've been vaccinated. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of love this conspiracy I wish theory. I love it. I love this conspiracy. I'm with you, Jay. This is, I'm in on this. It's one of those things I feel like. The Lakers are just LeBron with, the Lakers are that Russell Westbrook video. It was like, look. Russell Westbrook I, eating on the bench video. That's just the Lakers with the vaccine. Just. Right, 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 right. LeBron came into training camp and said, listen, guys, I have a vaccine plug. We're all going to take it. We're all going to be fine. All these other idiots are going to keep testing positive and miss games and do all of this stuff. And we're not. <laughs> That's what it feels like is happening. I love the implications of this. I love it. Uh, like w- that would be the greatest performance enhancing drug you could get for this year. Be careful now, JK. <laughs> be careful. What about a performance sustaining drug? Can we call it that? 
performance sustaining. I mean, a vaccine is a drug. They get to play. They get to sustain play on the court. You know, they get to perform. You order the, you order those words pro- properly. I need so, more wise conspiracy theories. Well, I got a I got a take that might be too hot, guys. If we want to play our new segment, the take is hot. Yes, Uh-oh. I like it. Here's a take. You remember uh, back in 2017 when uh, a lot of people said, "Hey, Russell Westbrook's team is barely over 500. They're not even a 50 win team. There's no way he can be MVP. It's got to be James Harden. It's got to be Kawhi Leonard, right? Remember that? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the same energy as the kids say on the internet with this Nikola Jokic campaign." That team's not very good. That team's 12 and 10. Mm. I don't think his numbers should qualify mm. him for MVP if mm. we're going to keep that same energy. Is that take <laughs> too hot? Or was the take back four years ago with Russell Westbrook just stupid? No, it's a, it's a great take. It's a great take. Why aren't, why uh, aren't we getting that same conversation, Was Huh? I think because uh, the I don't season think is got so a, weird. Yeah. Nobody has him as the front runner, right, Was? Nah, people are calling him the front runner huh? for sure. He's I my mean, front runner. LeBron, yeah, there you go. Essentially, one in five. I mean, they had a but they you had know a rough if it's close. You know if it's close. Jokic ain't getting no damn MVP. Oh yeah, no, it's not happening. I just <laughs> want to see the same people who made that argument about Russell Westbrook right. say the same thing about Nikola Jokic right now. See, it was that his the, team starts winning games. Was that the I argument against just, Westbrook? There was a huge argument against Westbrook by, about, like, they're not a 50-win team. He see, can't be MVP. But, see, my but, argument but back then that, was just that James Harden was better. And James Harden was better at everything except recording triple-doubles. Oh, see, so, I had Kawhi as MVP that season. Ooh. But best player, that was, that was best my, player that was my, on a 60-win team. what I thought, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was great. Yeah, he was awesome. The, the Thunder that, uh, the thunder that year, six-seed. Nuggets currently, six-seed. People were put off by the stat padding. That's why people were making that argument against Westbrook. They felt a way about Steven Adams, you know, clearing the, the lane so that Russ could get his little rebound stats. Oh, and what about this assist hunting from Jokic? Right. Was, huh? Oh, is he? Is he, is he doing <laughs> I that? I don't, I don't know. No, probably not. But they all seem pretty natural. <laughs> but, you know, if we're going to make you know stat padding discussions... Why not? Why not? Why not accuse so, him of that? He was padding stats the other night against the Kings by playing against them and dropping fifty. Right? Like by not having COVID, he was yeah, stat padding right. by not having COVID. You know the the thing I'll say about Jokic is this: uh, so they they had a rough start to the year. They had a lot of weird stuff. Obviously, trying to re- figure out who was going to replace Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig. They've won seven of nine. So, or or sorry, seven of ten. Um, so they've been a lot better, and he's obviously been awesome. And they've been somewhere between four and six. I mean, you know that that grouping is so tight. You lose a game, you drop two spots. So yeah, I think it's it just was back like was seventeen, Dave. Yeah, but I think like Waz said, it's such a weird season that these guys who were on. I mean, you know, obviously LeBron and Embiid are the front runners. I would argue, but the guys that are on these teams that are that are middle, but top half of the middle, like. Jokic, I think they are going to get more buzz this year. There's not, I mean, the Lakers are just cruising. And, and yeah. if you ask me today, pick the MVP, I'm saying LeBron because he's going to have every single thing you want. They're going to have the best record. He's going to have all the narrative. I mean, year 18, defending the title. Like, there's so many reasons why he could win in, in addition to being awesome and, and having being on the best team. But if, if the Nuggets can wind up as, as the two seed, 
that's when Jokic is going to have an, an oh, argument. Oh, yeah, there. yo, if, yeah. he, if he does this and they're top yeah. three seed in but the in the West, nobody's like, going to give Jokic any credit if he's a six seed. They're not. As a matter um, of fact, he could average a triple double. He could drag this team to a six seed. Let's say if we want to make an argument, and he will have people saying, "Well, how come they didn't win more games?" Y'all I mean, told me Jokic was awesome. Literally, what happened with Russ, right? Yeah, but Russ I think was everybody super clutch at, at the end of games. Jokic is super clutch at the end of game. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are a lot of similarities to it. Yeah, but Ru- but Russ played in I a way the that, same way about Russ. Russ played in a way that I felt like he always got his stats sometimes at the expense of the team. And and that year was no, probably different the, the, because that team was was not loaded at all, and he they needed him to do as much as he did. But Jokic, but like, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we not going to address the fact that Jokic has done this, what he's doing at the highest level of the sport in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Russ that's the difference. <laughs> Ru, Ru, no, Russ has that's had, Russ the has had big positive playoff moments as well. Like we can't like look in the last few years, it has not been good. But that that like there are some there's actually five some real, years yeah, since there's actually some real similarities. There's some similarities between him and Paul George just in the sense of like, yo, they used to have big playoff moments that mattered. And now recently it's been kind of rough. Don't. Now they don't. While we're talking but, about the Nuggets, can we just talk about how Jamal Murray is back to being Jamal Murray again? He's seems, back in yeah, Bubble man, Murray. He's Bubble Murray. Really, Bubble Murray is yeah. back. Oh. He, he's at, but I could he just went straight back to Jamal Murray. In, he was the bubble god. <laughs> he was. He really but was. I think honestly, I think Jamal Murray is not. I think he's like, look, I kind of proved myself. I've got my contract. I know what I'm capable of doing in the biggest spots. I'm just not gonna do this shit all regular season. Uh, I mean, he's virtually the <laughs> exact same player as last year by the numbers. It's like crazy. Virtually, like across the board. It's it is kind of wild. And what if he is just like not bubble Murray, but what if playoff Murray is just like, all right, you know, I'm going to cruise through the regular season, but playoffs come. That's what it feels like. like. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I got to see that one again. I, I'm starting to think that was just the biggest illusion wow. we have ever seen. Wow. Uh-oh. Wow. Uh-oh. wow. Jay start- King is the I'm, biggest Jay hater. King is doing his Miami <laughs> Heat thing again, guys. No, 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 He's doing it again. He's doing the LaMelo thing. He's doing it unnecessarily hating. I don't understand Let this. me finish. This is not unnecessary. This is this is pointing out that the bubble god, the bubble has popped. The bubble has popped for my man Jamal Murray. I'm just saying. If if I see it again, it was a one-time thing. He's uh-huh. never been that before. He hasn't been it during the start of the regular oh, I disagree. season since. I disagree. He also is 23 years old or something. So, you know, like... Let's you disagree that he's never done that done before? Did you watch the, the playoff series? I mean, the first run that they had where they lost to Portland ahead of the Western Conference uh, finals? He was awesome. He was awesome in that series against the Spurs. I mean, this guy, he is a playoff performer. One of the frustrating things about him is how great he plays in the playoffs and then he's inconsistent in the regular season, right? Like, to me, that was the thing holding him back from you know, being one of the greats, but he's a 16 game player and has been the whole time that they've made the playoffs. I mean, he's, yeah, th- he's King, been put awesome. some respect on that man's name. Man. I'm looking Whoa. up his playoff stats right now. He shot 42.5%, including 33.7% from the arc Jay. during the playoff Jay. run. You just mentioned Jay. He yeah, was shooting he was, 33% from yeah. behind yeah. the arc. Yeah. That was not like he was out there 
looking like Steph Curry hey, like he did this last year. Don't talk to me year. like somebody that doesn't watch the games, man. Like I'm like there's more Ooh. to it than his field goal percentage. <laughs> you literally <laughs> just asked me, crime. did you watch that playoff? Yes, I watched that playoff. I love it. It is February. Yo, Like Jay, Jay, I honestly, I know you've got synergy. Go watch it. Go watch what he was doing in those playoffs. Yo, I got I gotta mute my mic, man, because y'all killing me. <laughs> this this was one of my favorite moments ever. I love you, Dave. I love oh, you too, Jay. You made the show. But my- you're a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I trust Trey on this. Trey, is is Bubble Murray a thing or is playoff Murray a thing? What's more believable? I think both are. They both can exist. Okay. Um, Cause he he's good. He's good, but also, you know, when when those games, when you look at a guy and say, oh, he wasn't killing, it's because the team's made adjustments and very good adjustments, especially for guards. Uh, For bigs, I think bigs can kind of still figure it out. Like, Jokic doesn't have to score that much to be effective on the court, but Jamal Murray has to score the ball. And if he's shooting bad, then the Nuggets aren't in a good place. So um, I've seen Murray get jiggy on both ends you know what i mean i think it's more so his health he's always leaving a game like oddly in like the third quarter or, or just having like a hothead moment that like causes team in a situation but overall both of these are believable and he's just you know i think he's on pace to be an all-star soon and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games call 1-800-DIRECT-TV claim based on total games carried on sports networks sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package terms or restrictions apply Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Is there any chance one more for the take the take is hot? Is there any chance that Luka Doncic can finish in top five in MVP voting at this point? I know no he way. just he just had a huge no huge night. No sir, they, they can't. They're not going to win enough. I know. This was my right? this was my thing before the season, and, and you know everyone fell in love with them and the way they played in the bubble, uh, especially in the playoffs against that that Clippers team that was odd. But they just didn't have the talent. And and I thought Josh Richardson was a good pickup. It hasn't worked out great in the tw- first 20 games. But we don't even know what it's going to look like because most of these guys have been out of the lineup. You yeah. know? And, and so – but I think that they're just – they're too far behind the eight ball at this point. They needed to be able to bank wins early and they just weren't able to do it. Porzingis not looking great. Um he, he's he's looking better as he goes. But defensively, just – he's also, listless. It, it's weird. Like they have no chemistry. 
Luka and it, KP, like on the court yeah. in terms of a two-man game. They, it's still not there. They don't run that pick and pop hardly at all. And, and it's, it's really weird. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, not quite sure what's going on. I I've, I've tried Luka to blame the health and safety games protocols. to try to get into the top five. Like fifty games is a lot of games, y'all. But <laughs> like, you got to win games, right? Like we just <laughs> talked about with Jokic. <laughs> like if Jokic is the sixth seed, I'm sorry, man. I don't care. He could put up fifty points a game. I, I just the way that the NBA MVP award works. Like I think it, you have to value winning games. You got to be a great player on a team that is also great. And that's that was where I was with Russell Westbrook. That's where I'll be with Luka. That's where I'll be with Jokic. Any of these people trying to win MVP. Like Steph Curry, if he if he is in the playoffs with this team, we should all say, wow, what a great job. If he's top four with this team, now all of a sudden he's in the MVP conversation. So that's where By I'm way, at. Steph Curry scoring dudes. 60 in a loss, making me look like a genius. <laughs> well, if he, got, if he if only had 57 was, if he had gotten 60, they'd win that game. Right. You know, maybe he should have done more. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, let's go to the trade that uh, is happening as of uh, when we started recording this. By the time this is out, it might be official. Uh, but the Detroit Pistons are sending Derrick Rose not just back to the Knicks, but back with his good old pal Tom Thibodeau in exchange for uh, Dennis Smith Jr. And I believe what will be a second round pick. Um, as compensation for for draft compensation. Um, Trey, I think this is a good move by the Knicks uh, for the simple fact that Derrick Rose is someone who can still get into the heart of the, of the opposing defense and make plays. They very much lack that. It's why Emmanuel quickly has been such a, a breath of fresh air for them as a rookie because he can get into the middle of the floor and, and you know, create problems for everybody else. Uh, but my concern though, as much as I do think this is a good move by, by the Knicks, my concern is that quickly will be squeezed out of the rotation because they do still have Alfred Payton. They still have Austin rivers as a lead guard. Um, you know, quickly has has come on as of late, but I, I worry that Tom Thibodeau is going to go more veterans and, and maybe quickly struggles to find a consistent role. Um, no, I mean, right now they got five guards on the depth chart. Um, this move kind of not makes sense, but whatever. Um, I, I think this is kind of an IOU for Tibbs. Tibbs always just felt bad off this injury that, you know, what happened with D Rose and that's his guy. And he feels, you know, that a, a guy that knows the system and, and that can still contribute. It's going to be good. I don't think Derrick Rose starts. I think he'll give some, you know, some, some sound advice for quickly, I think he'll come in and relieve here and there. And, you know, I think he'll be happy as well to be back with Taj and, you know what I mean, and, and and them being able to do things because Dennis Smith Jr. was about to go play in the G League. You know, he t- to find the rhythm or just enjoy basketball again. And then now he gets to end up in a situation where they actually needed a guard. I don't I don't know if it turns water to wine, but, you know, it's a new start for him. Um, and then also they're still stuck with Frankie Smokes. You know, uh, they're still stuck with Peyton. So they still have some pieces to move around, you know what I mean, to make this look like a genius move. I still think it's it, it's not the best move, but, you know, how they're playing. I think they're six in the East now. Um, if Derrick Rose can contribute, that's a win. They won the trade at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, listen, the Knicks can they get so Joe Noah? <laughs> he's a, he's a, well, what, he, did he retire? I don't remember what yeah, happened. Yeah, I don't know. What's I, I think he walked away. Let's just play the hits, man. You know, uh, is Keith Seth- Bogan's available? 
<laughs> Seth and I wrote about Where the is Omar Ashik. We, we wrote about the Tibbs thing uh, a while back. And our big thing was, how is he going to treat the young guys, right? Like, is he going to – because this, this is a development situation, right? Like, they've got all these young players. And if Derrick Rose costs Emmanuel quickly minutes, that's a huge mistake. A huge mistake. If you're trying yeah. – if you're getting Derrick Rose because you're just like, we got to make the playoffs, that's a huge mistake. They really are building something decent there. And they didn't give up anything, so that's great. But, man, those minutes, those development minutes really do matter for all these young guys. R.J. Barrett has been fantastic with the ball in his hands. Does Derrick Rose help you with that at all? You know, unless he's going to be a guy that, you know, you know R.J. can handle the the primary responsibilities and you're not going to play them together a whole lot. Okay, that's fine. I just I, I just really like this the young guys on this team and would love to see it happen. I mean, I, it's just so predictable. They already got I, Taj. They got Derrick Rose. And it's just it, it just seems like the same same old people doing the same old stuff all the time. I, I'm with you on that. I do think there's an element to it where um if you get this these young guys to playoffs, I do think that experience may end up it's cool, right? Being better for them yeah. long term, right? I like I Derrick Rose getting them to the playoffs. Look, they're so bad offensively, and mm-hmm. and the difference is and look, this it's small sample, and there's so much noise in on-off net rating, right? And yeah. on-off offensive rating stuff. But if you look at it, and I I wrote about this for for doing the grades on the athletic, uh, in which I gave the Knicks a, a B plus. Like I because well, as long as Quickly's not not sacrificed here with his opportunities, but when Peyton's on the floor, that offense is like 106.1. When mm-hmm. Austin Rivers on the floor, that offense is 106.0. When Quickly's on the floor, it's at 108.8. Right? That's a massive mm-hmm. jump. That's a big leap. I think Derrick Rose adds to that kind of impact because like Peyton and Peyton and Rivers, like they just don't threaten the defense the way that quickly has. And I think Rose does it in a better way. And so if the combination is Rose and quickly as your two lead guards mm-hmm. throughout the game, I think we see the offense get boosted by that. But it is Tom Thibodeau. I do have concerns that if they don't right. move Alfred Payton, like like Trey, you know, sort of suggested there, if they don't move him, quickly get squeezed out. And then I think it's a mistake. What then bothers me about this move is that it seems like a Tibbs move. And he shouldn't be in charge of that front office. He has already shown not a front office guy. Like, great coach, fantastic at doing what he does. He has picked that uh, team up oh, hold on, hold and on. given them I, a let, direction. Let, let me say this. The only time the Timberwolves have made the playoffs without Kevin Garnett involved yep. was because of Tom Thibodeau and the roster he put together. Right? Then what now, happened it didn't after end that? Up sustain- what, whatever. Like, okay, so Jimmy Butler didn't want to play with with Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota, right? I mean, that's understandable. Yeah, Wait, he also like, wanted to get look, paid. He, like Jimmy proved to be right there, right? And, but he, look, he also Tom wanted Thibodeau to get paid. A, yeah, Tom. Yeah, exactly. And Tom Thibodeau had a bad exit there, but it worked for at least a season. Okay. I guess I guess my bigger point is that coaches have a desire to win right away. And especially Tibbs has always been a win now guy. He he hasn't been able to focus on the development in front of the competitiveness right now. And that's Uh, one of his greatest strengths is that. But also like coaches, you you have to stop a coach from going out and getting a Derrick Rose and playing a Derrick Rose. That, that's that's why, you if know. If it you, replaces Alfred Payton, I disagree. If it replaces Emmanuel quickly, I agree. Right? Yeah, like, so I, I, guess, I guess we'll see, but I just yeah. don't trust Tibbs to make that decision based on quickly's development. And look, this may be a special case, but 
and, and this is probably not the right, re, right right examples to bring up, but like Joakim Noah, Taj Gibson, Derek Rose, those were young guys who developed under Tom Thibodeau, right? Like you're not going to probably get that here with the with the young guy, but like I do think there's more of a history of him bringing these young guys along, Jimmy Butler, like bringing these young guys along. Um, but at a certain point, there is a there is a tipping there's a tipping point where a cost of like I play all these dudes at all these minutes, and now and now maybe the the potential for a quick decline hurts the the development. And so hopefully you would have the front office step in and help balance that out with certain things. However, we've seen that in the past in Chicago also didn't work out too well, right? Like that, like there there are concerns. I just don't think it's fair to say a blanket statement of. Tom Thibodeau can't do this because look what happened in Minnesota. No, no, no. Look what happened is what what's happening in New York. Those guys wouldn't play defense in Minnesota. This team with a bunch of guys who should not be good defensively as a unit are one of the better defenses in the league. I think that might've been a Wolves thing more than a Tibbs thing on yeah, some that, level. That, that, that's maybe a fair point. Um, and, and maybe we're overreacting to a, Really minor acquisition oh, for of sure. a guy yeah, who's like, going to come off come the on. bench and maybe just no, get a few minutes. Seventh or eighth guy on a good this, team. Guys. We can't <laughs> react enough. Inject these transactions into my veins. <laughs> that is true. I, and, and hey, look, the Knicks are relevant again. The Knicks matter. They're they're Man. in the playoff race. They they are actually competitive. <laughs> Tibbs, Tibbs deserves a lot of credit for the that. language there. I love, I love the you searching for like what can I say that's not going to be an overstatement, but will still be respectful. I am not a hater, Dave. <laughs> I respect the eighth place Knicks. Yeah, because Jamal Murray's not on the Knicks, that's why you don't hate. Him. Hey, Jamal Murray is much better than anyone on the Knicks. Um, that's respect. Yeah, that's well. I don't know, man. I'm not even yeah. a Julius Randle guy, but I immediately thought Julius. Has been Julius Jokic, yeah. Just don't take <laughs> oh, the ball out of his hands, please. <laughs> Julius Randle is a revelation, man. That guy has been awesome this year. And, and this is my thing: is just look, you're not going to be a good team if you're the Knicks, and that's fine. But you could be a, a an okay team that's a lot mm-hmm. of fun with a lot yeah. of hope. I mean, God, like Knicks fans just seem like they're having more fun this year than any time I can remember. This is it's a really fun team. I just don't want to see it ruined. I just need yeah, more quickly get, floaters, man. That dude, oh, his man. float game is unreal. I'd like to see him get to the basket more, but I'm with you. It is fun. Yeah, it's, it's Tony Parker-esque. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, all right. Before we go, we do have uh, that Luca-Steph shootout from, from Saturday night. Uh, Waz, you did, you did mention that your, your take on Steph and the, and the Warriors. It's odd that... Uh, that Ubre followed up a forty-point night with a horrible shooting night. I, I didn't see that coming, but um, well, it's regression. Nobody yeah. could have saw that coming. No one could have seen He's that been coming. A consistent Hooper his whole life. So, um, so was who could have known? Uh, this this Steph situation, like, I it was brutal. To see, like fifty-seven point effort wasted. Look, right. I watched I watched them very early on in the season, like the third game, and Steph looked incredible, like physically. He's there. He's there where he was in 2016, 2015, 2017. He's there physically. Obviously, we know he has the mental part of the game down. Like, he's right there. But these dudes, they're not ready for this. They're not ready to be good. They're just not. 
and it's not Steph's fault. He's playing incredibly. He's still one of the best players in the league, right? Like, in nut-crunching time, I want Steph Curry on my team, taking shots with the ball in his hand, all of that. But in the meantime, Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins have to hit shots. And that's a sad statement. Did you hear what I just said? Mm -hmm. Hey, man. Hey, hold on. Wiggins Island is filling up here, baby. Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins have to hit shots. You got to stop lumping these two together. Well, True. yeah, obviously Ubre <laughs> shooting in the 20s from three. But yes, you know what I mean. Andrew Wiggins, a sniper at 38.7% from three. <laughs> sniper. Kidding me? It's the healthiest 18 points a game you've ever seen. That's not true. That, that was a, I immediately <laughs> regret saying that out loud. Um, I, I, do, uh, I do, man, I do wonder, um, I can't believe I'm saying this. Trey, does Draymond Green need to score more? Like he's, I, or just yes. shoot more. Yes, no, he has to, it's his time, it's time. I mean, for the Draymond apologists, including myself, you only can gawk off his IQ so much, and the little things. Well, Steph needs help, bro. We need you to add a new thing to, to, to the bag of tricks. And I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I personally challenge Draymond Green to turn it up a notch. Just, just give us 13 points a game. It don't have to be 20. Just give us a consistent 13 to 15, bro. Because Steph, I don't know how long you're going to be able to keep it up. You're going to run him down yeah. to the ground by the time uh, Clay gets back. Yeah, that's that's a that's an excellent point. Um, also, I forgot during this Knicks discussion. Oh, my God. Did you guys you guys see the, the restricted area this past week? Was? We had Jerry Farrar, the biggest Knicks fan there is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Think like a man. Entourage. Power. Um, legendary like New Yorker. Think like a yeah. man too. <laughs> Forgot he was in that sequel. Um, yeah, man, he's he's really excited about the Knicks. And if you've ever, he's he is the stereotypical Knicks fan, like overly optimistic, always excited about the team. Any glimmer of hope, he's over the moon. Like this man's moods go according to the Knicks and how they're doing. Um, and so it was dope to have him on the show, talk about the young guys who obviously he loves. He loves Tibbs, how he has the guys playing with consistent effort, which is underrated in this league, honestly. But like teams that play hard every single night, like that's a skill. Um, but yeah, Jerry is just so <laughs> he's so pumped about the team. And I think his enthusiasm is infectious. So please go check out the restricted area. It was our first guest ever, and um, Jerry was just great. Phenomenal. Shout out, shout out to Jerry. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Basket Buds on the Athletic NBA Show. Make sure you check out the rest of the week with Tampering, Hoops Adjacent, Point of Contention, Nerdishy Road. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Listen to all the pods, uh, Daily Ding, No Dunks, House of Strauss, all the team-specific pods. Make sure you check out the Restricted Area on The Athletic's YouTube channel and check out all the fantastic coverage of the NBA and the sports world in general as you get the fallout of the Super Bowl in which, I can't believe it, uh, we're recording this hours before it happened. The Chiefs, like 50 to, 50 to 3. Who knew? Who knew? Or... Hey, Tom Brady did it again. Who knew? So see, now we're covered for both uh, both outcomes. Uh, for Dave, for Jay, for Trey, for Waz, for Jade, I'm Zach. Keep it locked in on The Athletic.
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.